Hey, what's up, guys? Gabe D. Armand here with you. PowerMizzou.com publisher coming to you live right now. Maybe you're going to listen a little bit later, uh, but this is PowerMizzou.com's new format for our video stuff this year. Uh, we're on StreamYard trying out some some new things as opposed to what we did last year. Uh, always going to be available on our YouTube channel. We will always have it. Um, posted on the site afterwards, podcasted afterwards, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, maybe some other places too. I don't know. Those are the ones that people use. So uh, it's noon on a Tuesday. I don't know if this is a time that like you people have real jobs or you can just hang out and watch me talk on the internet. Um, here in a couple of weeks, we'll we'll be starting regular weekly shows. We will have Sean Williams uh, for a recruiting show. We're planning probably on doing those on Tuesday. Uh, Gerard Hamilton, once he gets started with us uh, covering Missouri football, is going to join me every week during the football season. And then once Mizzou basketball starts, we'll add a basketball show as well. So we're paring down a little bit from last year as far as the live video stuff, but I hope that... Um, you know, the, the quality is a little bit better and that you guys enjoy it and do want to invite you all to, this is going to work. If you comment, if you have questions, whatever you guys want to talk about. I mean, the, the idea is fall camp, the football season is coming up. I'll give you guys some thoughts and, and we'll talk about some things throughout the year. We'll be able to add some audio clips, video clips, not really doing that this time. Cause there's been one practice. Most of what we've done as far as audio and video has already been on power Mizzou. So I want to make sure that you check that out. Um, if you have the ability, um, and if you don't have the ability, sign up right now uh, through, I believe it's through Saturday. You can sign up and get the entire month of August for free. But again, you guys can comment, and we have the ability to put those on the screen just like Britt did. Uh, we've got a decent number of you already in here watching. So invite you to uh, comment, ask your questions. Again, one fall camp or one fall practice, I should say, and want to uh, – kind of lets you guys know how fall practice works. We get access to about seven practices. I think we see about 30 minutes at each practice. We see the stretching lines. We see the stretching lines and we see a little bit of light, like individual position drills and stuff like that. Um, most of the stuff yesterday was conducted at least 55 yards away from us. I can't tell you, Hey, this kid looks great. This kid's making plays in one-on-one -on -one, live Here's what the quarterbacks look against like against a live defense. We don't see that stuff right now. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't have some ideas who might uh, be start in line to start, what the depth charts might look like, things like that. But as far as, you know, how did Tavoris Jones look yesterday in practice? I don't know. He looked like a Division One football player, and he doesn't have a number yet. But I can't tell you how he ran, how he caught the ball, how he blocked, all that, because we don't really have access to most of that stuff. Um, the uh, the obvious story right now in camp is the quarterback situation. I wrote about that this morning on PowerMizzou.com, and you guys certainly can go read that um, if you'd like to. Talk to Jack Abraham, talk to Brady Cook, to Bush Hamden, the quarterback's coach, and obviously to Eli Drinkwitz a little bit yesterday. D haven't had a chance yet to talk to Tyler Macon because uh, it, it simply there were – 25 to 30 guys at media day on Sunday. I was trying to talk to as many as I could. By the time I tried to get over and talk to Tyler, he was, was already out of the room. So, you know, just 
simply I just didn't have time to do it as uh, at least for the next 12 days or so, kind of a one man show covering camp. I uh, didn't talk to Sam Horn because Sam Horn is is not going to be available for interviews until and unless he plays in a game. And I think Sam Horn is really kind of the key to this whole quarterback thing. It, my impression, I would be stunned if Sam Horn is your game one starter. True freshman, SEC, I'm not sure that's a thing that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I, I just don't know, not having shown up to to fall camp until, or, or to campus, I should say, until June. I don't know that he is ready to do that. Um, also, Eli Drinkwitz made it pretty clear when he was looking for transfers in the offseason. One of the things he said is, look, we play at K-State in week two. We play at Auburn in week four. I want a guy who's been there. Who's who's been in those situations a little bit um, to be available? Sam Horn obviously has not been in those situations, so I don't think Horn is the guy that that starts Week One. But the intrigue here is there's a reason to play Sam Horn as your starting quarterback this year. Now, not not if he's not ready, right? He has to be at least on par with Brady Cook, with Tyler Macon, with Jack Abraham for it to make sense. But if he's close. Let's be honest about what this Missouri season is. I, I don't think many of us see a way this team's getting to nine or ten wins. This is a, a step in the right direction is seven and five. Eight and four would be phenomenal for this team. So given that, let's, for the sake of argument, say Sam Horn is is in the neighborhood of Cook and Macon and, and Abraham. Uh, you know, maybe not first, but not fourth. Um, and, and and you think he's got a shot. Well, if you play Horn. In a seven and five season, or maybe a six and six season, what that offers is hope for the future. A look at, hey, he's not there yet, but fans, this is our guy, right? And and make no mistake, I think Sam Horn's the guy in 2023. If he's not, I don't think things have gone according to plan. So I think he's your starting quarterback next year, in, in all likelihood. So if he's close, maybe you get a jump start on that. Give fans a look at the future. And you know what else it does? It kind of gives you a built-in, yeah, we know we were 6-6. Six and six. We struggled at times. But look, we played a true freshman quarterback and, and a lot of young guys. And I, I'm not saying that a coach, you know, gives himself an out that way. But I think it's something to think about. Now, Again, if there's a big difference, if Brady Cook is clearly the, the best guy, if Jack Abraham's clearly the best guy, if Tyler Macon is, then play him. Absolutely. You don't play Sam Horn if the other guys are better. I'm just saying if all other things are equal, I think that's something to think about. Now, ultimately, I think game one starter is going to come down to Brady Cook or Jack Abraham. Um, I've been of the opinion all offseason that Missouri didn't chase a bunch of transfers, didn't bring Jack Abraham in with the idea that, hey, we just need another body in the room, but we think we already have our starter. I think Brady Cook could be the starter, but I'm not sure Missouri's convinced of that. I mean, just like Bush Hamden said on Sunday, you can think whatever you want, but you don't really know about a quarterback until he plays that first game. And the example he brought up, and it's the, <coughs> excuse me, it's the extreme one. I, I don't think this is what Brady Cook turns into. But when Drew Bledsoe got hurt in 2000, 2001, whatever year that was for the New England Patriots, nobody really thought, okay, now we're bringing in the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady, 
until he was Tom Brady or closer to home. When Trent Green went down, most people thought the Rams season, and I think that was 98, was over. And then Kurt Warner came in, and now he's a Hall of Famer. So, uh, you know, you don't know until you get into a game situation. Uh, I do want to throw a couple of your guys' comments up. People are saying video and sound quality are good. I like that. Um, that was one of the reasons I made the switch from last year because the software is just better. It's a little easier to use. Um and there's a few less wires to connect and all that. So what we want is for you guys to have the best experience listening or or watching here uh, that you can. And, and so that's why we've gone to StreamYard this year. And again, I've got the ability to add up to 10 people to this broadcast. So Sean Williams is going to do some shows with me. Gerard Hamilton's going to. He's our, our replacement for Mitchell Forty during football season. We may have both those guys on sometimes. We'll bring in some guys that cover, you know, opponents that Missouri's playing. Maybe from time to time we can grab a special guest here and there, former Mizzou player. Maybe we do a show sometime in, you know, before basketball season starts with Dennis Gates or something like that. So those are all things we're thinking about. Um going forward with this content. And again, uh, appreciate all you guys that are watching live. We've, we've got a pretty good number of people here for a Tuesday afternoon at lunchtime. Uh, but these are all going to be available on podcast. And Zach says, uh, again, if you're watching the YouTube re replay or if you're watching live, you can see these comments on the screen. But I'm going to read them because we are going to put this on podcast and, and we want people to know obviously what I'm, what I'm answering. Uh, Zach says, I'd rather go six and six with Sam Horn than seven and five with Jack Abraham, if that's the deal offered. And that's kind of what I talked about. There is some logic to that. Now you're playing for this year. And I do think this is a big year. Um, you know, Britt says we need to do better than six and six this year. Um, I, I'm not going to put a number on it, but I do think this is a year where the recruiting's been good, obviously. Eli Drinkwitz is great at PR. He's got the fan base behind him, um, all that. But this is the year you want to see that translate into more wins. Not, not 10, not even nine, I, you know, but I'd like to see a winning record this year. I think that's the sign that, hey, there, there are things happening in this program, right? Eli talked yesterday, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I know Dave Matter wrote about this this morning. I, I wrote about the quarterback, so I didn't use these particular quotes today, but may later in the week. But Eli talked yesterday about feeling really comfortable with this team and, and this being, I, I think, I don't want to exactly put words into his mouth, but seemed like the most comfortable he's been and the happiest he's been with the team going into a season here. Because everybody here is either a guy he recruited or a guy who has clearly chosen to stay. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. Everybody wants to be here. And I asked him, I, I said, you know, a coach wants to know he has something to count on. Last year, I think the only thing Missouri knew it could count on was Tyler Beatty. So I said, what do you have going into this year that you know you have, that, that you feel comfortable with counting on? And he said, it's the depth. He said he has options, you know, and, and a big theme of yesterday was we don't know exactly who's going to step up at these various spots that we have in question, but we know somebody's going to step up. In other words, you know, running back, no idea. Is it going to be Nate Pete? Is it going to be Elijah Young? Is it going to be uh, Tavoris Jones? Is it going to be somebody else? I don't think he knows the specific person, but he feels comfortable it's going to be somebody. Defensive line, I think they've got 18 scholarship defensive linemen. He may not know the, the two guys that are going to start in the middle, but out of those 18, 
he's pretty confident he's going to find two or four or whatever the, the number is going to be. Um, all right. The magic man wants to know why has the media written off Tyler Macon as the starting QB? Do you guys know something that, that we don't know? Here's what I know. I just don't hear any talk that he's ready. Now that, that could change. That could have changed since spring football, but I'm just telling you all throughout last year, every indication I got was they weren't ready to play Tyler Macon. Now, again, has he had a great offseason? It's possible. I thought he was in, uh, I thought he looked like he's in better shape, in better condition um, than he was at any point last year. He he looks like he's he's lost a little weight. So, you know, that's that certainly helps. I'm sure he has a better grasp of the playbook. Could he start? He could. It would surprise me. I think it's going to be Cook or Abraham. And that's not based on anybody telling me Tyler Macon's terrible or anything like that. I just look, you you guys kind of subscribe. You you pay those of us who do this to to kind of have conversations and hear things and listen. And maybe not all of that is said out loud, but I haven't heard, hey, I think Tyler Macon's the guy that's gonna win this thing very often. Um, you know, most of it, most of the the Tyler Macon talk, honestly, I think comes from fans. And more of what I've gathered just, and again, it's not even people saying anything outright, just from being around the program and watching the way they operated last year. I, I mean, Tyler Macon comes into this season behind Brady Cook. There is no question because Brady Cook started the bowl game. Tyler Macon didn't play. I don't need a depth chart to tell me Brady Cook went into spring football and goes into this camp above Tyler Macon on the depth chart. They went out and they got Jack Abraham. I don't think they did that for him, expecting him to be the third stringer. Doesn't mean he won't be the third stringer, but I don't think that was the expectation. So I, look, I'm not writing off Tyler Macon, and, and I want to be clear. I don't care who starts at quarterback. It's Eli Drinkwitz's job and Bush Hamden's job to find the best guy and play him. And if that's Tyler Macon, that's great. Um, I've, I've seen there's been so much talk about the quarterback situation this offseason. And every time I just laugh, people say, well, I hope it's this guy or I hope it's that guy. All you should hope is that it's the best guy. It doesn't really matter which one, you know, um, just just the best guy. Uh, TR wants to know if Macon would switch positions. I, I don't know if he's I, I, I mean, he's been a quarterback since he was like six years old. I think he wants to be a quarterback. You know, if that's not here, it very well may be somewhere else. And I'm not trying to push anybody out the door, but let's be honest. That's what quarterback is. If you get passed by a younger guy, if you don't win the job for a couple of years, you're, you're probably, uh, probably going to look for a place you can play a little bit more. So a, a lot of, uh, a lot of talk, um, about the quarterback and, and, uh, Carpe Donnelly brings up a point. What's the rationale for redshirting Sam Horn and not redshirting Luther Burden? So I want to say, I, I mean, really the rationale is simply this. You play the best guy you have at quarterback. If Sam Horn is not the best guy, like then you don't play him in five games just to play him. So if he's not number one on the depth chart or number two and stepping in because of an injury, why would you play him in five games? Receiver is different. You're going to play six, seven guys, you know, um, I, I mean, you're going to play 10, but you're going to play six or seven meaningful snaps. Um, so, 
you you play plenty of guys. I mean, I think Makai Miller could play this year and not redshirt. Luther Burden, certainly, he will start. He will start game one. And um, first of all, he's good enough to. But also, like, he's the number four player in the country. That dude ain't redshirt. You try to redshirt Luther Burden, he ain't coming back next year. I mean, I'll just I'll just tell you that. But quarterback's just different. Um, and again, I'm not sure Sam Horn will redshirt at all. But it, it, talking about quarterback is is different than talking about any other position on the field. Uh, Chris Dirksmeyer says this is it, it, Chris. I, I appreciate the bluntness and the brevity. This is the most basic, simple understated thing that can be said about Missouri football. Our defense needs to improve. Yes, my friend, it does. Um, it was very poor last year. Um, and needs to be better. A lot of people said uh, that it, it was a lot better. Hang on one second. Okay. Anyway, um, a lot of people said that it was a lot better in the, the last four games. And, and it was better. I think there was two reasons it was better. First of all, it couldn't possibly have been worse. I mean, it was legitimately the worst defense in Power 5 football through six or seven games. There was no way to go but up. Second of all, they gave up 28 points to Vanderbilt. Or, I think. I think that was the final number. All I know is Vanderbilt only scored that many points against one other team all year long. Um, and then South Carolina, I think scored 28. I don't think they scored that many against another FBS team all year long. Florida, good defensive game. No question. Now, Florida wasn't a great offensive team, but it was a good defensive game. Arkansas scored 34, could have scored a lot more. Um, so it was better, but it wasn't nearly good enough. Um, I talked to Blake Baker. On Sunday, uh, we had posted that video interview on our site. Um, and if this was like the weekly show, I would play that for you guys here. But this is just more kind of informal, making sure everything works, making sure you guys can uh, can see me and hear me and all that. Um, but Bake, I, I just flat out asked Baker, I said, physically, what does this defense have to do to avoid repeating last year? And he went into some non-answer about they have to trust each other, blah, blah, blah. He said physical capability is not going to be our issue. Well, we'll see. I mean, everybody says that in August. Um, and maybe physical capability wasn't the issue last year, but there were clearly issues. And simply, hey, I trust the guy next to me isn't going to be good enough. I mean, I like Chad Bailey's answer yesterday. I asked him the same question, and Chad Bailey said, we got to stop the run. Teams are going to run the ball at us till till we prove that they shouldn't. And that's what we've got to do. And it all starts there because we saw in the Tennessee game, the A&M game, I mean, you didn't have to do anything fancy to Missouri. You had to turn around. You had to have a quarterback who could stay on his feet long enough to hand the ball off and a running back who could stay on his feet and not get tackled by air. That was about it. Um, defense absolutely has to be better. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be a top 25 defense. Missouri can win seven games with a top 60 defense, maybe. I, I mean, the offense has to be better, too. Everything has to improve. But if you're looking at which side do you really need to see more out of, it's clearly the defense. There's a lot of questions there. 
defensive line. I mean, I talked to Kevin Peoples. He's the, the defensive ends coach. He said you would think going into camp that Isaiah McGuire and Trajan Jeffcoat are your starters, but we've got other guys there, and, and we're going to take a look. Inside, I mean, Darius Robinson, Jane Jernigan, um, are probably the guys that, that you're kind of looking at off the top, but Realist George is there. He played last year, brought in Josh Landry from Baylor. Kai Montgomery is hurt right now, but but could be a factor um, down the line. So a lot of bodies, just not a lot of guys th that are proven, I think, on the defensive line. Um, let's see. Uh Trying to get some other comments up. Uh, Jackson Meyer wants to know if fall camp has already happened today. Um, they probably have already practiced today. We don't have access. We had access Monday. We go back Thursday. We basically get to watch every three days. So um, no camp, uh, or, or no media coverage of camp today. I'm sure there will be an Instagram video, a Twitter video, whatever, from Mizzou football. But we don't get to be there again until um, Thursday morning. Uh, Steven Steiner, who's the player or players you're most interested in following during camp. Again, this is kind of tough to answer because the limited amount I see, I mean, I, I remember back in 2006, I guess it was, we're watching, we're watching practice and just every day you're going, hang on, man, this number 81, he's doing things. And Denario Alexander, like that was the advantage of, of practice access every day. And, and this isn't a complaint about Missouri. It, it, whatever. Access is what it is anymore. And Missouri's actually still better than most places. But my point being, when you saw every practice, I could come back and tell you guys, hey, I keep an eye on, on this Denario Alexander kid. I remember Carl Geddes as a true freshman had a great camp. Alden Smith as a true freshman was outstanding. And you just said, well, there's no way this kid's not playing. Right. And so when the season opener came, you guys knew, hey, Alden Smith, man, we better keep an eye on this kid. Um, the, the one that always really comes to mind is in 2007, you know, Adam Crossett had been the kicker for two, three years, whatever it was. And I think it was 07, could have been 06. I don't remember the exact year, but there's this walk on named Jeff Wolfert and you're watching drills and you're just going, wait, he hasn't missed like not he doesn't miss very often. Like he legitimately hasn't missed. We haven't seen him miss a kick all camp and it took all of camp. But then that week of the first game, Gary Pinkle named Jeff Wolford his starting kicker. And I don't think he missed the, missed a kick the entire season could be wrong on that. Um, but, but he was obviously, if he missed one, it wasn't many, you know? And so when we had access every day, it was a little easier to quote unquote, follow somebody. We're just, I won't see these guys throw a pass or catch a pass against live defense. So, you know, you put your trust in coaches and players telling you the truth. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. They don't always tell us the truth. They tell us what they want, want people to hear, you know. So um, we, we just got to kind of kind of wait and see really until game week to see what that depth chart looks like. Who's playing. I mean, I mean, there very well could be a true freshman on that depth chart that we go, wow, had no idea. Didn't know Xavier Simmons was having a great camp or, or didn't know, uh, you know, Max Weisner was going to start at tight end. Um, so it, it's just so much different than it, it used to be. Um, Rudy Jones wants to know, will the entire interior D line be more stout against the run a again, Rudy, like we talked about, I mean, it can't be worse, right? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, to to 
paraphrase, I think it was Buddy Bell, don't ever say it can't get worse, but it can't get much worse, man. <laughs> you know, um, K.E. Zoo is asking if if I know if Connor Bazelak's going to start for Indiana. I don't know that. Now, I would think he would certainly have a really good shot. I don't know why he would transfer to Indiana if he wasn't pretty confident he was going to be the starter. So that would be my expectation. But I, I know nothing about Indiana's depth chart, and, and I don't even know if they've opened camp yet. So can't really give you a, a good answer. Um uh, Mark, appreciate the coverage yesterday. Looking forward to the rest of the year. Yeah, I appreciate Mark uh, you you saying that. And, and do want to point out if you if you're here and you're not a subscriber, but you're watching the uh, you know you're watching the 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 show, or if maybe you are listening to the podcast and and you don't subscribe. I do want to encourage you to do that. And I'm, I'm going to put something up here real quick. And I hope I don't mess up the video stream by doing it. Uh, but we're going to pop up the graphic. There you go. Um, all through the month of August, if you are not a subscriber, if you use the promo code KICKOFF2022 on any site on the Rivals Network, we would prefer it's ours, but on any one, um, you're going to get the whole month of August for free. And, and I'll put that back up for a few seconds on for people watching live here, people watching the, the YouTube replay. And I, look, I'm, this is my 20th fall camp. And I've always said the month of August is what makes your guys entire year subscription worthwhile. I mean, we are covering fall camp. We're covering Missouri football every day. We're writing two, three stories. Um, we're having some videos. We're doing things like this. And we're, you're going to go into the season opener knowing more than the fan who just buys a ticket and shows up and sits on the hill um, on Thursday night against Louisiana Tech. Um, so we encourage everybody to do that. And uh, and even though, you know, it's a little bit different than it used to be as far as what we can see, uh, this is what we do every single day during the month of August and, and encourage you guys to uh, to check out all the stories. We've had quite a few of them so far. Um, let's see. Uh AU Stock says, how about just play a different QB every quarter? I'm I'm in, man. Just uh, you know, like Drinkwitch said yesterday, hey, whatever it takes to win. If that's switching switching quarterbacks every play, like Steve Spurrier did for a little bit at Florida, then that's what they're gonna do. Uh, you know, now I've always more subscribed to the idea you'd like one guy to win it, clearly be your best quarterback. But if one guy hasn't done that, Maybe he plays two. Maybe he has some packages for Macon or for Horn or for whoever. Um, you know, like maybe Cook or Abraham is your starter, but maybe Macon or Horn in certain situations makes some sense. Uh, you know, so so yeah, I think uh I think everything is on the table at quarterback right now. Uh what do you think will be more of a strength, D line or secondary? Um both have a part that I really think is pretty good and a part that I'm not sure on yet. On the defensive line, I think McGuire and Jeff Coat at ends and, and then throw DJ Coleman in there. I think those are your top three. He's a transfer from Jacksonville State, I believe. Uh, was a second-team FCS All-American. And I, I'm telling you, I tweeted out last night, he looks like uh, Julius from Remember the Titans. And, yes, I know that guy was also Avon Barksdale, but that's not a, a football show. Um, but I think those are your top three defensive ends. And I think you feel pretty good about that. Inside, I just I, I'm not as sure 
because I don't know who it's going to be. And Darius Robinson has all the physical tools, but he hasn't really put it together yet. Jaden Jernigan, you know, he's listed at 260. Hasn't been a full-time starter. Is he going to be the guy? Can Ian Matthews, uh, who didn't really play at Auburn and then transferred in, can he do something? So a lot of guys there. In the secondary, I think safety, you know, I talked to Baker, and and I think Martez Manuel is going to play what they call the star position. It's the hybrid spot in the 4-2-5. So it's the fifth defensive back, but they play him more as a guy who can switch between safety and like a, a an in-the-box outside linebacker. Um, Martez Manuel is one of the guys there. That's going to be his spot. So I think your deep safeties are going to be uh, J.C. Carlisle, who uh, everybody has seen. And I'm telling you, you just look at that kid. He's an NFL football player. Now, he didn't play like one all of last year. But just physically, he looks like an NFL football player. And then Joseph Charleston is transferred in from Clemson. I think those are your starters. They also moved Jamarian Wayne over to safety um, because Drinkwood said he's got a better chance to see the field at safety this year than he does at wide receiver. So I feel pretty good about the safeties. Corners, like maybe. Um, DJ Jackson played some last year. Ennis Rakestraw is is back. I I feel like I'm missing a, a, a transfer. I, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but there's somebody else there. But oh, it's not a transfer. It's Chris Abram Strain, who was was Missouri's best corner last year. I, I just haven't seen quite as much out of those guys. So I'm not saying they're not going to be good at corner. I just feel better about safety. So I think those two spots are, are really kind of equal in that regard. The key spot to me on this defense is linebacker. Um, they were really bad most of last year. Chad Bailey came in and and raised the level of play some, and then uh, Blaze Aldridge figured it out in about the last four games. You've got Tyron Hopper coming in, uh, transfer from Florida, and Missouri fans are enamored with this kid, and the coaches are speaking really highly of him. He had uh, 12 tackles, I think, against Missouri last year. Now, the secret that not a lot of people have talked about, that was about a quarter of his season production in one game. In the other 11 games, I think he averaged somewhere around three or four tackles a game. So, you know, is he a consistent guy? I, there's there's a chance there, but is he like, let's not make the Nick Bolton replacement comparison just yet. Um, so linebacker is still my biggest question mark on this team. Um, let's see. Uh, Jake Stouffer says someone described drink as having quiet confidence in the team this year. Anything to put stock in or just coach talk? I mean. I was struck yesterday by the fact, by some of the things Strinkwitz was saying about the depth and what he likes about this team. And I didn't ask him this question in the press conference because I don't want to do it day one. And also, like press press conferences, I don't love. I'd, I'd rather be able to ask a question where I don't provide a quote for everybody that's just sitting there with a microphone. But I almost asked him, all right, you're talking a lot about the confidence, so should we have higher expectations? Should we hold you to a higher standard this year? And he did say in, I believe it was in an article on The Athletic, I think it was Nicole Auerbach that wrote it maybe, he he admitted, hey, this is a big year. Like the, the, the talk and the recruiting and all that has to start to turn into wins. And that's all I've said. I, I mean, some people, you know, get mad and say, well, no, if he goes six and six, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not saying you fire Eli Drinkwitz at the end of this year. I'm just saying you want to see some of this turn into to production on the field. So can you put stock in it? A little bit, right? Now, I've never heard a coach come out and say, hey, we're not going to be very good this year. I mean, I have covered coaches in the past who have started a season and they say one thing and then season doesn't go well. And if you talk to them at the end of the year, say they'll say, Hey, if I was being honest, when I sat up there and talked to you guys before the first game, like 
I'd have told you we were a 500 team, but they're never going to say that part out loud, right? So you can put some stock in it, but don't put too much stock in it. Um, is Mevis the first kicker that was recruited and not a walk on that? By this staff, I think, actually, and I think he was recruited by Odom's staff. Um, but no, I mean, they've had some guys, I mean, way back, like early 2000s, a uh, kid named Alexander St. Peter. Uh, they had a kid in 2006, I think, out of uh, Texas named Matt Cassidy. And the ironic part is the kickers they've recruited up until Mevis actually just haven't generally been as good as the ones that were walk-ons. Corey Fatoni was was uh, scholarshiped as a punter. Blake Craig coming in next year is on scholarship. So it it generally is, it's kind of a staff preference, but it's also just, hey, do we have the available scholarship this year to do it? Um, what's your opinion? Uh, Man-at-Arms wants to know on the recent development regarding the center situation. So for anybody that didn't hear, Vincey Polgar, who was a transfer from Buffalo, was expected to compete for the starting center job. He may not have won it, but he was expected to compete. He's been ruled ineligible. Something that happened at Buffalo, Eli Drinkwood said he can't go into further detail on it. He can't explain it. Um, but Missouri appealed. They lost the appeal. Polgar's not playing this year. Uh, so what that means is Connor Tolleson, um, Drake Heismeyer, and Richard Taylor are going to compete for the center position. I would expect Connor Tolleson to win it. I thought Connor Tolleson had a good chance to win it when we knew Bensie Polgar was playing. So it's not that big a deal. Um, unless there's an injury there. That said, you put this guy on scholarship, you obviously expected him to contribute, and now he can't contribute this year. So whether that's typical NCAA messiness, whether that's somebody at Missouri missing something that they should have caught, I don't know, because I don't know the situation. Um, but it is kind of a, well, that's not great. Um, but as far as affecting the the product on the field, the team, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's that big a deal. Um, Show me Mo talks about the the weight on the defensive line, and that should should help up front. I, yeah, I don't I don't tend to to fall in love with numbers necessarily. I mean, you know, look at Aaron Donald, right? But it's not completely unimportant either. So, uh, you know, I, I just kind of trust the coaches to, to find the, the type of guys they want. Um, uh, how much added pressure do you think coaches are under to play, to pay, play, play, not pay, but also they can't pay them now, play payers so they don't transfer with the immediate eligibility rule? I mean, look, you've got to think about it. There's no question, right? We saw it start to happen in basketball. I mean, the guy that always comes to mind is a few years ago, Trey Jackson came in under Conzo and uh, was a four-star kid, and he didn't play a lot. And there were reasons he didn't play, but, like, he left after the year. And I always thought during that season, Conzo should have given Trey Jackson just a little bit more time just so he'd stay here and see if you could develop him. You know, I mean, the, the days of – hey, we're going to bring you in and sit you for two years or three years, and then maybe you'll get a shot. That, that doesn't work anymore. Now, there are some guys that understand when they come in whether they need to mature, whether they need to get in the weight room, whether there's a, a superstar in front of them, whatever. They get it, right? But like I talked about with Luther Burden, he's going to play this year, guys, and he's going to get a lot of balls because he has a ton of options, and if he doesn't, he might look at one of those options at the end of this year. You know, so that that's just how it is. Now, you've still got to be good. You've still got to produce all that. But you do have to keep in mind, hey, 
we do kind of have to play these guys enough that they want to come back, you know? Um, so it's, it, it's just another tough thing to, uh, to kind of navigate as we go on. Uh, let's see. Uh, keep going on. I am case asking if there's a new angle. I don't know if he means new camera angle. Here's all it is guys is, um, the, Old software I had, I could zoom in and I had some windows around me uh, that I could put on the screen that minimized um, how much of me and my background was on the screen here. We don't have that set up right now, but also I'm going to have two, three people shows. You're mostly going to see me in the background, not the bobbleheads back behind me, not the, not the fold out <laughs> that's back behind me, you know, all that. It's just, again, this is, this is the first, Hey, we're throwing together a show to see how it works. Um, wanted, wanted you guys to, you know, be able to, to kind of test it out, see if you could get in, um, to, to the room, see if the video works, see if the audio worked. It's, it's really a test run for the season. We're, we're going to do these things, um, weekly starting the week before the season starts. So Missouri kicks off September 1st here. I can actually show you exactly when they uh, kick off. See this little thing, Mizzou versus Louisiana Tech, Thursday, September 1st, kickoff at 7 p.m. I've put ESPN2 in as the TV for right now. I don't actually know if that's right. I think it is, but whatever. Anyway, September 1st. So we're 30 days from kickoff. So about three weeks from now, that'd be August 23rd, we're probably going to start our recruiting show. August 25th, which is Thursday, we'll do our football show. And they will be weekly from there on out. And I, I want to give a quick free plug real quick. When we start those shows, you see along the bottom, James Carlton of State Farm Insurance is going to be our sponsor. I just talked with James for about 20 minutes this morning. You can check him out at carltoninsurance.net. And he will have a much more regular presence and, and stuff as we get going with these weekly shows in about three weeks but do want to give him a shout out if if you're looking for insurance especially in the st louis area hey why not why not hit up a mizzou fan and and a guy who's doing a lot of things we'll have some some good promotions and some tie-ins to to other ways to help missouri with james sponsor in our shows but um so yeah in about three weeks we'll, we'll do this weekly and we'll have things a little more refi refined a little more formal i might not wear a, a beer shirt although i might to be honest with you, um, and and uh, all that, but this was just I wanted to do kind of an introductory thing and uh, and make sure it worked. See if it was better or worse than last year. I'd, I'd appreciate any feedback you guys have, whether it's in the comments here on Twitter, on the message board, whatever. Hey, this was better. This was worse. Here's what here's what I need to to see out of you for these shows. Again, we'll have the ability to add in some audio, some video, uh, up to up to six, seven guests if we want to. So we'll do all sorts of things with it as we go through. But this was just kind of the uh, introduction for you, um, real quick. And and let's finish where we started. And that is quarterback. And Case says, if you had to put Vegas odds on the starting quarterback, how would you put it? Cook minus 150. I would go, I mean, I'm, I'm real bad at odds. I don't gamble, so I'm real bad at, at setting numbers like that. But, like, let's go percentages. If I'm going percentages, I go, like, let's start with Sam Horn, season opener starting 5%. Tyler Macon, 15. So I've got 80% left. 
I'd go like 41% Jack Abraham and 39% Brady Cook. And that is nobody has told me one guy's ahead of the other. This is not inside information. This is me reading tea leaves and looking at the situation over the offseason and how it was handled. I think the expectation going into camp is Jack Abraham's going to win this job. That doesn't mean he will. That doesn't mean he can't get beat out. That's just my guess. Um, you know, so I, I, yeah, I'll go Abraham 41, Cook 39, make it 15, Sam Horn five for the first game. Game seven, we'll see. I mean, I don't see Sam Horn being the starter before week five against Georgia is over. After that, let's see how things go. I know there's a question in the mailbag about that. Well, that'll be up tomorrow. Um, we'll have more shows. Uh, again, in a few weeks, we will have more camp coverage, more stories coming up. And uh, we'll be back at practice on Thursday morning. So appreciate you guys joining us um, or joining me. I should say I'm so used to saying us, so used to being a two-man operation. And we'll be back to that eventually. Um, but uh, but appreciate you joining me for this show. And, uh, again, we will have more shows as we go on. And we're going to um, – one more time real quick for those watching the replay on YouTube. There you go. If you go to Power Mizzou. Use promo code KICKOFF2022. You got to do that this week. It ends August 6th. Um, but if you do that, you can get all of our camp coverage for free. Missouri kicks off September 1st. You can get the site free until that morning. And we're pretty sure if you get it all month, you'll stick around um, once the season starts. So we'll do that. We're going to get you out of here with a little bit of music because um, we can. And uh, appreciate you guys joining me. Hey. Stick around Power Mizzou. Stick around here. And we'll talk to you later.